Jesus is so cool. Amen. Well, welcome to Cornerstone Church. My name is Sean F. Cam, the lead pastor here. If you're visiting with us, thank you. Hey, listen, we have something exciting next week. Amanda Cook and Antonio Valdez is going to be here. Man, it's going to be awesome. She leads worship at Bethel in Redding, California, where Jesus Culture, a lot of the, the new worship music is coming out of now. She's going to be leading here next Sunday for us. She's going to lead worship for us next Sunday, minister to us, and then Antonio is going to be bringing the word uh, to us next week. Hey, listen, don't miss that. Invite somebody. It's just going to be a great time. And listen, if your second service, get here early. I know some of you, you know, your, time, your clock's off about 15 minutes sometimes, but get here early to get a seat, especially for second service. And I tell you what, it's going to be good because I know some of some people are planning to stay at two services. So uh, there's one right there in the second row. But anyway, um, so I want to encourage you to get here early. Also, we have some special guests with us, some of our former youth pastors, Neil and Katie Chester. Come on, stand up. Give them a hand. They're here today. Make sure you say hi to them. They're in, at, in Denver. He is now children's pastor at Denver United. Um, an awesome church, awesome church in Denver. If you're ever in Denver for some reason, maybe to make fun of them because they're going to lose today or something like that, um, <laughs> make sure you stop by Denver United. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Hey, look in your bulletin. We've got a message series we're on talking about bringing home. A couple weeks ago, we talked about bringing home hope, where hope is what fuels us to go forward in life. Last week, we talked about love, bringing home love. Love is really the power of God operating in and through our lives. Without love, we can do nothing. And so we definitely need the love of God. But today, we're going to be talking about bringing home joy. And, and before we get started here and explain what really joy is, um, I have a joke for you. Is that okay? Is that okay, honey, if I tell a joke? She's a little worried about it. So now, you guys understand my jokes are not theologically correct, okay? So don't, don't take them as truth or anything. But there's this lady who died and went to heaven. And she went, goes up to the pearly gates and she meets St. Peter. St. Peter's there and she says, man, I can't believe it. I made it to heaven. Usually you should know that before you get there. But anyway, um, St. Peter says, well, hold on a minute. You're, you're not there yet. And she says, well, what do I need to do? He says, well, you need to spell a word. But you get a chip. You know, you choose whatever word you want to spell. And she says, okay, well, I'm going to spell love. L-O-V-E. He said, good, good, you made it in. That's awesome. She said, yeah, I made it in. And so she walks in past the gates. And he says, hey, since you're in already, and can you help me for a minute? I've got to go off and do something. And she asked, he asked him, he says, can you watch the door? And she says, well, what do I have to do if someone comes up? Hey, just treat them like you, I treated you. Just do the same thing. She said, okay, I'll do that. So she's sitting there for a minute. And off in the distance, she sees her ex-husband coming. And her ex-husband comes up and, and, and she, says, she says, what are you doing here? He says, well, I had a heart attack. I can't believe it. I made it to heaven. He says, she says, hold on. You're not there yet. He says, well, what do I need to do to come in? He, she says, I, you need to spell a word. He says, okay, what, what word do I need to spell? Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, we're talking about joy. I want to give you a little bit more laughter here. Look at the screens. Like one of the conflict resolution tools they teach in marriage is ask questions. When you have a disagreement, don't just start spewing out what you think. Make it worse. Ask questions. Try to relate. Make it better. I used that last week. My wife and I got into a disagreement. It got hot. It got heated. We started a fight. I stopped myself right there. Start asking questions. Honey, why are you being a psycho right now? (laughs) 
men and women text differently. Like when men text something, it's just a couple of words, da da da, send. That's all I had to say. I have nothing left right now. I'm tapped out right now. When I get another thought, I will send that out to you. But right now, just a couple of crickets playing racquetball up there. Yeah. But women, when women text, what are you doing? Oh, you look like a squirrel holding a nut. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna tell her that too. Yeah, I got a carriage return on your phone. This is my text to her right here. Hello, my darling. How you doing today? Send. And that's when the floodgates open. Now I'm going to read you her response. Good, I'm just so tired. Went to chiropractor. I'm super tight through shoulders and mid-back, so he loosened that up. He said, it sounds like my brain isn't shutting off for some reason. I asked him if it would be from playing electronic games before bed. He said, probably so. He said, try that. Have a sip of wine before bed. If I don't sleep good the next week, come back and try acupuncture. Smiley face. I'm feeling very draggy, but still as Jack and Stacey, so it could be in the air. Have it. Jackson played Xbox before bed, so he could have the same issues. <laughs> So I text back, okay. <laughs> Actually, it was just, okay, that's all it was. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know, anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> Some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. I want to, I need to get some momentum. Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us. Feel free to join us, but don't feel like you got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking. Start slow. Hands in the pockets, a little elbow flap. You're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar and go out there, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to go post. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go. There's your big three.
<laughs> Amen. You know, I believe laughter is very important in people's lives. Amen? How many guys would agree? It's a lot better than crying all the time and everything. But there's something inside of us that God created that we would have joy. And, and James says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, into things that come all around you. He says you need, to, you need to count it all joy when circumstances are bad. How many of you have ever had circumstances go wrong that are bad in your life, you know? And and during those times, we need to count it all joy. In the book of Philippians, Paul writes the book of Philippians. It's called one of his prison epistles. And he writes it in prison. And one of the things he says, he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, he says, I thank my God. Now, I don't know about you. If you were in prison, that would not be my first words. My first words would be, help. You know, get me out of here. But he says, I thank my God. And see, Paul knew something. In fact, in the book of Philippians, he says joy. He mentions joy 16 times. And he's writing this for us to understand that no matter what circumstances there are, we can have joy. And so my hope today is that during your bad days, that you're going to have that hope that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that drives you, that makes you go forward in life, and that you are going to have love. That's the power to get things done, to do what God has called you to do. But you're going to have joy. Joy is strength. Strength is different from power. Strength makes you stable. It helps you come to a place where you can continue, where you sustain yourself in that. And that's what joy does during these troubled times. It doesn't do anything else but keeps you focused. It keeps you looking what is in the right place and not going off to the right or to the left. It keeps you um, in the place of stability. And that's what I want you to understand because, listen, you are going to have trouble in your time. Tomorrow, even, you may have troubles. Say, Sean, stay positive. Well, I'm positive that you're going to have trouble tomorrow and in the coming days. There's going to be trouble that comes around you. And you're going to have bad days. And, but I want you to know something. The way you handle those bad days will determine your maturity in Christ. And I'm not someone preaching up here. I'm preaching to me this morning too, okay? I, have, I don't have this all, all together. But I know I'd rather be in joy in the joy of the Lord than in depression and worry and strife and complaining. The joy of the Lord is the place to be. And, you know, and then he, Paul goes on in, in, in chapter 1. He says, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this. This is very important here. This is what he's confident in, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, Paul had something. He didn't have happiness. That's not what he was looking for here. He had joy. Most of us are in the pursuit of happiness. We want to be happy, but there's something that supersedes happiness, and that is the joy of the Lord, because happiness is external, Happiness is this. It's it's based on what is going on on the outside. So I'm happy if everything is going right. I'm happy when my job is okay. I'm happy when people say nice things to me. I'm happy when I have enough money in the bank account. But that changes. Joy is internal. It's not based on the circumstances around you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 through 18 says, Therefore we do not lose heart. 
Though outwardly we are wasting away. How many's ever been there before? You feel like outwardly I am gone. I am done. And he says, outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an external glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not what is seen. How many of you guys know you can't fix your eyes on what is seen? How many of you ever been worried about a circumstance and it just worried you, it bothered you, but a few days later it was gone? We can't fix our eyes on what's on the outward but he goes on, he says, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but for what is unseen is eternal. And so happiness is, is, an, is an external thing, but joy is eternal. It always lasts. That's why James says you can have joy in troubled times. When things are going on, you can have joy because it's not based on what's happening around you. Happiness is based on circumstance. The root word for happy is the Latin word hap. And you know what the Latin word hap means? It means circumstance. It means that you are totally dependent on what happens. So whatever happens makes you happy or makes you sad. And so that's what happiness is. It's based on the circumstances that's all around you. That word circumstances basically literally means the circle that you are standing in. People who are joyful all the times and don't let things happen, you know, worry them or anything else, they've made a decision that I'm going to step out of that circle of that circumstances and I'm not going to allow the things I can't control to control me. And see, that's what we need to understand. But joy is based on Christ. It's about your relationship with Him. That's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. How can he learn to be content? Because he has the joy of the Lord. What is the joy of the Lord? It is your what? Strength. It keeps you steady. It doesn't make you go back and forth and there and over there and worried and sad and, and then laughing. And, you know, that's basically crazy but it keeps you steady on who god is it's all about joys based on christ why because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world that's why you can live that life of god when everything seems to be going all around you and it it just doesn't bother you i have difficulty in this because this is what my flesh wants to do. It wants to focus on the outward. How many of you guys ever felt that way? You know, my flesh wants to worry. It wants to complain. It wants to, wants to be mad at somebody else. It wants to cause somebody else to be the problem instead of me. That's what my flesh wants to do. Listen, you never do well when you go with what your flesh wants, right? How many of you guys learned that during Thanksgiving? Oh, God, I ate too much. Well, that was your choice. And then you did it all over again that evening, didn't you? It's about Christ based in us. Happiness is based on chance. And here's the bad part about that. You have no control. If you're lucky, it's a good day. If you're not, it's bad. That's what happiness is. But joy is based on your choice. That you don't let things control you. That you can't control. You choose to be happy. Deuteronomy 30.19 says this. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. That I set before you life and death. Oh that you would choose life. It's a choice. 
I'm making the choice, even though everything outside is trouble. It's tearing me apart. Because I know there's something found on the inside of me that is Christ and he's greater. I don't know what you're going through today. You may be going through a lot and you think that's hard. We sang a song, It Is Well With My Soul. It's a little updated version of it, but it's an old hymn. And a guy by the name of Horatio Spafford, he in 1871, uh, had, had, had a great life. Very wealthy guy, believer, loved Jesus. Had uh, five kids, four daughters and one son. In 1871, his son got sick and he died. A few months later, the Chicago fire happened and it wiped out everything that they owned. It wasn't like today where you had a lot of insurance and everything. He, he, he lost everything. Two years later down the road, they started getting everything back up again, and, and they decided, you know, we've been a lot through a lot the last two years, so we're going to do a vacation in Europe. And so they decided to go on vacation in Europe. Right before they were going on vacation, he had to go do a business trip and settle some business. So he sent his wife and his four daughters on a ship to go across the ocean. He says, I'll meet with you in a couple of days. Well, in the middle of the ocean, another ship rammed into them, into their ship, and 200 and some people died. His four daughters went down with the ship. His wife was the only survivor of the family. She sends him a telegraph back, says, I survived. And he gets this message. She asks, what should I do? She's there alone, so he decides, I'm going to get on a boat and go there. This guy's gone through a lot. How many guys would agree that would be devastating? He's on the boat, and the captain, as they were crossing over the ocean, right where the boat went down, decides, hey, listen, I, this is where the place the boat went down. He stops the boat. Horatio gets out, out into the bow, bow of the ship, looks down into the blue water, and there his, he knows his daughter's rest. And he starts to pin this very well-known worship song, It Is Well With My Soul. He says this in one of the verses, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roar, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. If he was focused on circumstances, that would be the place to curse God. That would be the place to give up hope and give up life. And a lot of people do this. But we can't get to that point. And God never intended us to do this life on our own. And he's equipped us with hope, with his love, that's power, and with joy that gives us strength to get through these times. Because there will be times, no matter how much you love God or you're going with God because you're not perfect, you will make mistakes. How many guys know that? I will make mistakes. There's, but this joy is the strength to get through the messes. This joy from the Lord is the strength to get through. But joy is a choice that we make whether or not to follow the circumstances, to do what that wants us to do, to complain, to be sad, to be depressed, but, or to choose the life of God and allow the joy of God to rule in our heart by faith. And allow God to rule. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Paul says this. And this I pray. That your love may abound still more and more. In knowledge and all discernments. That you may approve 
the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, the glory and praise to God. It's a choice. I choose joy every single day. And when, when things don't line up the way I think they should, or when I make a mistake and everything falls apart, or when people say things that are against me, or when things just don't work out for whatever reason, I have to be stable. And the only way I can be stable is to know the joy of God that is inside of me. That's where I'm going to find strength. I'm going to give you four things that have helped me get through tough times. That have helped me stay strong with the Lord and find Him in all of this. And to receive the joy of God where I can have the happiness that people think it is. But it's really the joy of God that's not affected by circumstances. Number one here is that you have to get over the distraction of what happened. You have to get over whatever happened. You have to get it over. And you've got to find God in it. God, where are you at? Where are you at in this situation? Not that he caused it. Most of our problems are caused by by ourselves. It's not that God caused it, but God, where are you at? Because God, I need to find out how you're going to take my mess and turn it into good. How are you going to take my trouble and turn it, what's meant for harm to me, and turn it into good? So I need to get over the distraction. And the only way I get out of the distraction is stop allowing it to distract me from Him. Is to keep my eyes on the Savior. Keep my eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the perfecter of my faith. And so, in order to get over it, I need to find out, God, where are you at? And how are you going to lead me out? God, what are you doing so I can follow you. John 16, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So I need to find the overcomer. Where are you at, God? Instead of me complaining, where are you at? I need to seek you. God, where are you at so I can find out how I'm going to overcome And see, that's what God wants us to do. That's why he's given us joy. So we won't be focused on the other thing. We'll be focused on him. The second thing I need to do is discover the new opportunities that are out there. God, how are you going to turn this around? How are you leading me out? What are the opportunities? What are the steps that I need to take? But see, when you and I allow the circumstances to dictate who we are, Guess what happens? We are operating in our flesh. And that's never good. And when we become operating in our flesh, we're going to follow what our complaining is telling us about. What we are worried about. How many ever been worried? You know, when you, follow, when you worry, you follow worry. Because you try to make, make things work yourself. But that's got what got you in the situation in the first place. So what we need to do is seek God. And God, where are you at? And what are the opportunities you want? Instead of getting worried about it. Yes, it's a mess. But worry doesn't help you. Complaining doesn't help a thing. What do you need to do? God, where's the next opportunity? Where's the next step I need to take? What do I need to do to get to where you've called me to? To get me out of this miry pit? What do you need to say to me? So I need to discover this new opportunity in God. The third thing you need to do is focus on what really matters. 
Paul says this in Philippians 1, 15. And he's talking about some people that were coming against him. And they were preaching some of the same message, but a little different. Basically, trying, really trying to come against him. Look what he says. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not necessarily supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in change. But what does it matter? Listen, what does it matter what happened? It's all messed up. There's trouble, I know. But let's focus on what really matters. He said the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motive or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. See, Paul didn't allow the circumstances around him, the people coming against him, to stop him and to get off track to, to mess with things. What we need to do is don't get off track either. That's what the joy of God does. It strengthens us so we can keep on the straight road to do what God calls us to do. And this is what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to get us distracted so we won't move out of that pit. Let me say this. I don't know the trouble that you're going into, so I don't want to make light of it. And I know it's hurtful. And God knows the pain. God knows the hurt that you're in. But listen, if you've mentioned this, that it seems to be going all the time, and you can never get out of it, won't you change the way you respond to it? And do something different. Focus on Him. Discover new opportunities. Focus on what really matters. A lot of times we fight against each other, and you start fighting, then you end up forgetting what it was all about. How many's ever done that? What am I fighting about? I don't know, but I'm mad. I am ticked off. And I'm going to make you pay for it. I don't know how much, because I don't know what it's about, but I'm going to make you pay. But the thing about it is, what really matters? I read a book. Um, it's a, um, I read... I read theological books, I read business books and leadership books. And, and so I, I try to do a balance of all of them. And, and I was reading this book called Crucial Conversations. It's an incredible book. I encourage you to read it. It's, I think the guy's Christians, but I don't know. But it, it's, it's just it's a real good book. And he, he basically said, what do you want to get out of the conversation? What really matters? So what really matters? Well, this is what matters. Christ. And me being like him. So this is what I do. When I decide to focus on what really matters. Christ. Jesus how would you respond. When this, if this went on. Because the Bible says he was tempted in every area. He knows it. So how are you going to respond Lord. And I want to respond like you. And the fourth thing is. Know Christ. Just to know him. When things are going just wrong all around you, don't run to your counselor. Don't run to other people to complain. Or even get wisdom as much. Run to him. Just get on another level. Get on the floor. 
pray and seek his face and say, God, what do you want me to do? This is where you're going to find that hope for the future, that love that's going to bring power and that joy that's going to sustain you and give you strength. That's why Paul says in Philippians 1, 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says in 2 Timothy 4.18, he says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's the thing about it is. It's when things are going around us, don't, get, don't search out of happiness. Get into the joy of God and seek him because that's what's going to give you strength. And this is what's going to happen. When you begin to do that, all this other stuff that's going on all around you, it's just going to fl- just fall right on you. You're not going to be worried about it at all. Because you're going, to, you're going to have the word of the Lord. You're seeking Him. And you're going to be joyful in it. And you're going to go after Him with all of your heart. And these things, they're, they're temporal. Listen, the things that you're going through now, the hurt, the lack, the issues, are temporal because the Lord will rescue you out of them all. Every evil attack, He will bring you to safety. That's awesome. So why focus on those things and get unhappy and get out of the plan of God? Stay in His joy and seek Him. Amen? So I don't know where you're at today. I know there's a lot of people going through a lot of things because you tell me. But where does God want you right now? How does he want you to respond to those issues, those things? How does he want you to come to that place? Because the place, and I know this personally, when I get worried and I get stressed, there's no strength in that at all, is there? There's no strength. There's no wisdom in it. And I feel so weak. I feel like giving up. I feel like stopping. And I don't want to continue. That's where the enemy wants you to be at. Where you'll give up. Listen. Don't give up. Press into Him. Seek Him. Find the new opportunities that He has for you. Allow Him to lead you out of that pit. Focus on what really matters. Loving God. Loving others. And know Christ. Amen? God's going to do some things. I want you to bow your head right now where you're at. I know some of you are just, I mean, some of you I know are about ready to quit. About ready to give up on things. Listen, let me say this right now. Don't. Some of you have some troubles, but you're like this. You're up and down. You're in and out. You're, you're happy one moment and then sad the next. You're joyful. You feel like you can get into the joy of God, but when things happen, it just moves you all the way. Listen, I want you to be stable in His joy. I want you to be stable in Him right now. So right now where you're at, the best thing you can do, this is the best thing. And I, Listen, I am preaching to myself today. 
is to lose control. The Bible says when you gave your life to Him, that you died. And He lives in you. So you're no longer in the control, so stop taking control. Taking control is what probably messed up in the first place. So right now where you're at, eyes closed, lose control of your life and give Him control. Give Him everything right now. Say, God, here I am. I'm sorry. I give you everything. I lose control of my life, of these circumstances. In fact, take them. I cast them on you so you can care for me. And I give you everything right now. And I press into you and I focus on you so I can see how you're going to lead me out because you are going to take what was meant for harm and make it good. So we do that right now in Jesus' name. Just focus on Him right now. Focus on the Lord. As we just sing this song again, focus on Him and just worship Him and allow Him to bring that joy even more into your life. circumstances dictate who we are. It's your spirit that will. Who you are in us and through us, Lord. That our joy will be found in you. Not in things going well or things not going well, but our joy will be found in you. In Jesus' name. Everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed, please. If you're here today, says Pastor Sean, it's not well with my soul. I'm sitting here right now and I need some more, something else. I feel lost. I feel abandoned. I'm missing something. And you know who you are right now. You're sitting right there and you know you need something else in your life. Well, that is Jesus. My last point was to know Christ. And you can know Him today. Not just know of Him, but know Him personally. Over 2,000 years ago, He gave His life for you and I took my sin, your sin upon himself so we could have a relationship with God, so we could be fulfilled in life and that we wouldn't have to go around this world and be happy and not happy, but really find the real joy that makes us his. So if that's you right now, you want to say, I want to come to the Lord. I want to give Jesus my life. You know who you are. This is what I want to do. I want to pray with you. I want you to raise your hand here in a minute and you can put it down, but I want you to acknowledge that, yes, Jesus, I need you. And the Bible says when you do that, he's going to come into you. He's going to flood your life with his presence. He's going to give you all that you need. So if that's you right now, and says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to make him the Lord, the boss of my life, and I'm, I'm going to give him everything. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at and you can put it down, okay? Okay, you can put your hands down all over the place, hands where you're not. Anybody else? It's Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. You can put your hands down once you raise it. Thank you. Thank you. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to repeat it after me. Everyone in this room, I want you to repeat it after, after me. And those who raise your hand for the very first time, that listen... I want you to pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart. And what God's going to do, he's going to meet you right where you're at. He's going to open up the, 
doors to his house where you're going to be welcomed in. He's going to bring love and forgiveness, hope and joy to your life right now. And it will be forever like that in your life. So let's pray this prayer after me. Mean it with all your heart. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to this earth to die on the cross for me. That he took all my sin, everything that I've done wrong upon himself so that I could be forgiven, could have a relationship with you, God. And so that I could exchange my life for his. And so right now, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I confess him as my Lord and Savior. And I give him everything. And I receive all that he has for me. Forgiveness, love, joy, and peace right now in Jesus' name. And from this day forward, I choose to serve him and to live for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Amen. God is so good. Listen.